world, welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Conduits. Today, I am your host, Danica. Jesse is here, but he doesn't really matter today because I have a very exciting announcement. I am so happy to introduce our first ever VICC, very important Cosmic Conduits special guest. She is the co-host of the Coco Talk podcast, the creator of the Manawahine affirmation cards, a poi maker, a crocheter, a paper maker, a space holder, and so much more. A woman of strength and personal power, a walking embodiment of alchemy and sovereignty, my friend Vanessa Voigt. Oh. <laughs> What the a crowd introduction. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you both so much. It's really beautiful to see you both sitting next to each other as well. It's been a long time since we've all sort of been together. Um, man, that was like the best introduction I think I have ever had. I think I'm just gonna keep that and put that on my website, my Instagram, TikTok, just everywhere. My email, <laughs> the email footer. <laughs> <laughs> please do please do well my f- my first question for you though is what the fuck is up and who the fuck are you in your words mm. I'm gonna speak in my own language just for a couple of seconds yeah um, I'm from a little place called Pauringa. I'm from New Zealand Aotearoa We're kind of on the northwest coast and it's a place that is one road in and there's nowhere else to get out unless you jump on a boat. And the reason why I describe the place that I'm from um, is I feel like that's where my roots are. And even though I live in Brisbane, in Australia, um, it is always a place of home and a place that I draw my strength from. Um, wow, I sound really formal, but anyway, I'm a mama, so I've got three three babies, three boys, uh, 14, 12, and how old's the other one? Four. Married uh, to a beautiful German sausage, uh, Gerhard, and uh, we've been together for 15 years, bro, 15 fucking years. It's been crazy. Um, I think everything you described, I th- not I think, I feel is something that I embody. So I'm not like just one thing. Maybe it's like an Aquarius thing where we're like, don't box me in. I'm not a label. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a thing. free. Um, I just kind of move with what's alive. You know, I remember last year I was kind of reflecting before I jumped on the podcast. Um, I was deep into embodiment and I was deep in like really sharing my voice and being seen, um, doing workshops, women's circles. And I found myself in the last six months just sitting in the quiet and finding a relationship with my hands and creation. Um, what does it mean to create just for myself? Even though I say that, but I've just started selling crochet because, you know, after six weeks, I'm like, I'm an expert and now I'm just going to sell all of my shit. Um, but I guess it's a season that I'm in now. It's just like a bit more quiet, a bit more silent, getting to know myself, finding roots, grounding. What does that really mean? Um, and then from there that I don't know, you know, it's going to constantly change. Yeah, that's the best way I can kind of describe myself. Beautiful. That actually hits so much of what I wanted to like speak with you about. Um, And so many questions that I had for you. So we actually have like a whole list of questions, but I'm just going to like dive into the middle of the list and ask a few things that you spoke to. You are honestly constantly creative and pushing out 
your creations and birthing new ideas and just sort of shape-shifting and transforming. And I wanted to know, how do you keep your creative energy flowing? How do you prevent stagnancy in your output? I think one thing I've learned is building a relationship with what is alive in me and trusting that. So um, I can't really like make sense of my life. All I know is that I'm drawn to certain things and they never fit the plan. They never fit um, the budget. They never fit life goals or, you know, like the priorities that we have. And that can be uncomfortable for my family, especially my husband. He's like, what the fuck are you doing next? Um, And all I can say is trust me, like trust that I know that this is the thing that I need to do, whether it's to help other people or whether it's just fulfilling my own desire or needs. Um, I honestly, quiet, quiet has been my best friend. I would describe myself as a pretty open, extroverted, outgoing kind of a person. Um, But I, I don't know if it's like age I don't know what it is, but the older I get, the more I'm realizing, um, yeah, stillness and quiet. That's where you start to hear your own voice. And I'm someone who can absorb other people um, quite intensely and, and I can get quite confused at who I am or what my beliefs are or what my thoughts are or even what I'm feeling in my body. And so pulling away from the world has helped me tap into you can call it a creative portal, you can call it a creative energy, you can call it inner wisdom, you can just call it self, you know, however you choose to describe it. Um, yeah, I feel like that gives me confidence. The, the more quiet I get and I hear my voice, I'm like, ah, okay, I'm going to trust that. And then that's when I sort of, okay, now I'm going to put this out. It may last two months, it may last a year, it may last fucking two days, <laughs> but it is what it is. You jump on the train, you go for the ride, and then it says, all right, time to get off, like onto the next thing. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't make sense to like the world because you have to show up consistently in this way and it has to go this long and but says who, you know. Yeah, it's mad. The the quietening definitely makes a lot of sense and it's interesting because that is specific advice that I heard earlier in the day listening to a podcast with Aubrey Marcus and the author of the book The War of Art and they were talking about how you have to get silent enough to hear the whisper the whisper of that thing deep in your heart and your soul that's asking to be created, asking for attention, asking to be nourished. And yeah, you've, you've clearly gotten really good at doing that. Have you, has that, have you always been like that? Because you've always, I mean, as long as I've known you, you've been quite a free spirit who just goes out and follows, yeah, whatever your heart desires. Has that always been a part of you or has there been some kind of practice that's led you closer to closer and closer to this idea of yes it's time to quieten it's time to listen it's time to pivot it's time to drop that and move with something new Mm. yeah beautiful question if I'm really honest I was seeking you know I wanted to find a sense of belonging as we all do bro we're human we like we experience fucked up shit and we're like someone else has the answer someone else can give me this love someone else can fix this problem um, so I found a lot of it came from that. I was just running from myself, but I can mask it as I'm creating this and I'm and I'm a free spirit and I'm like finding all these beautiful places and these people and I'm experiencing all these things. Um, but my nervous system was fucked. Like I was fried, completely fried. And so I loved this part of myself where I could kind of like a chameleon, you know, like I can just kind of 
pop into a corner and just absorb and here I am. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. But what I found is when I would walk away from places, people, experiences, I was left with this kind of um, void. Maybe void is not the right word or still a sense of wanting more or, yeah, just being absorbed by someone else's thoughts, beliefs, ideas of what something should be. And yeah, I can't remember the question, but yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense. Because also on the journey of uncovering the true self and, you know, the seeking, the eternal quest to seek whatever it is that is to be sought, um, there is these aspects of putting it on or, or embodying something that isn't quite us because that's how we learn, right? Like someone teaches us something and we kind of put their way on until we find our own way. And so it's about like putting on and then taking it off and hopefully like removing an extra mask underneath that one as well that you put on. Mm. Um, but you also earlier spoke to this idea of like quietening and maybe slowing down and starting to create more for yourself. And, and pulling away from the world as an aspect of, yeah, like where you're at currently. And I spoke in our last podcast about something else I had heard in a different audiobook, Wild Power, about how there's, there's two ends of the polarity, which of a polarity, which are compliance and rebellion. So compliance is just, I'll put up with anything. I trust whatever's happening. I will submit. And then rebellion is like, fuck this. I don't trust it. I'm going to tear it out. I'm going to pave my own path. I'm going to do it my way. And then the middle path being revolution, where it's not being compliant or rebellious. It's about being so with yourself, with your path, with your purpose, and then that leading the way and mm. that creating a new future. And I feel like you've settled into this place of, of revolution, but I feel like you were a rebel perhaps like you know that that was your spirit like you were so out like not necessarily like loud and outspoken but you were a big personality you know mm. and um it was very much like oh that's Vanessa she gives no fucks but I feel like it's that's not necessarily you because to give no fucks is a bit of a fuck you but I don't feel that off of you anymore so can you speak to does that resonate and and again like I mean do you need to speak to that transition or is there more to it or have you already described it yeah, I think one thing I want to speak to is like the discomfort in going um, from moving, I guess, a personality or how you, uh, the world sees you and how validating that is, you know, like, oh, you see me and I'm getting some type of attention and you see my creations and you're investing in me, but also knowing that's not actually, who, not that it's who you are, because I guess we're always changing all the time. But there's a discomfort in pulling away. There's a discomfort in letting the other go the other as in the validation coming from outside or what something should be or what something um what something yeah how it needs to be and so um as you were talking I just I found I've been sitting with the idea of like what is the in-between not sitting in the middle ground where you don't have your own voice or your own ideas or your own beliefs or you don't stand in anything but what does it mean to sit and understand one extreme or the other side and then also find the other extreme and then like you were saying you you take on something and then you just shed and then you leave what no longer serves you and then just hold on to I guess the lesson of it um, but fuck bro it is uncomfortable like it makes my skin crawl to sit in the silence 
it is it sounds great you're like oh my god you're like so peaceful now and you can like sit with yourself yeah cool but the resistance because it is so easy to go fuck it and I'm just gonna like throw myself out there but I have to I think what I've learned is to ask myself a series of questions before I guess intention you know like what is my intention what am I what am I getting from this um, where is this idea coming from? Is it a place of lack or is it is a place of sharing? Um, and I guess I didn't ask myself questions. I was like, fuck it, just go, just go. And then I'll deal with the consequences later. You know, we're human. We're like, you just throw yourself out there. But I'm finding the more I ask myself questions that serve me and open to more curiosity, it's easier on my system. And I'm like tapping my body and tapping my chest where I've, I've built a deeper relationship with my body. Having a conversation like, hey, bro, this is me talking to myself. <laughs> hey, bro, how are you feeling today? You know, do you have the energy to give to this? Do you have the energy to speak to this? Does this actually light you up or are you trying to please? Um, you know, even for this podcast, you know, I fucking love you guys. You're still my friends, but I still ask myself the question, you know, like, is this not, not like, is this going to serve me? Like, is this going to blow up? And <laughs> not in that way, but do I have the energy to share and, or am I just speaking for the sake of speaking? Or is this an opportunity for me to share time and space with two fucking cool human beings, you know? Yeah, I expected nothing less than that check-in and I really admire and honor it. And yeah, as like a fellow Aquarian still, hopefully relatively young in the eyes of many yeah. um, and still like <laughs> very much feel, I feel aspects of that rebellious spirit that just wants to charge ahead. But you're so right. Like it's not good for the nervous system to just, just go for it because there isn't that listening to that, like the higher self or the inner voice, whatever you want to call it, that actually doesn't want to be that heavily associated with the world. Like we need mm -hmm. to associate more with the self. And that's something that being friends with you, like you are one of, um, a few really powerful gurus in this sense that have really shown me that everything comes back to the self and this deep reverence and respect for the self and especially you um, as a human but also as a woman the way that you've developed your relationship with your body you've come into deep communion with your body where it's a conversation and there's a respect and you return to yourself day in day out time like over over the course of your menstrual cycle over the course of regular time and your own time like how has that practice served you and how have you um developed that practice over time and can you kind of speak to the importance of that especially as a woman as a woman as a woman because I've been thinking a lot about this for like us as women I think it's so fucking vital that we come back to ourselves tune into our inner cycles and start having these conversations where like you said you're checking in really gently mm. and our energy is so specific at certain times um and we really need to honor that and when you're living from the head and not from the heart and the body then I don't, I think that we can overlook it, but yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? And how did you come into that kind of journey and relationship with your body? Mm. I think I've always been a really curious person, curious about other people, how people think, how people shit, how, why people take shits at a certain time of the day, <laughs> two in the morning, if you've had like buffet the night before. <laughs> um, 
And so I think, you, like you, you mentioned the cards, the Manawahine Affirmation cards, and um, they're a deck that I've created. They've been out for a couple of years, but just being updated at the moment. And they were birthed from a personal experience of sexual trauma when I was a young, um, when I was a child, you know, between five and 13 or whatever it was. And it's something I've spoken so openly about. So I guess if I say a pain point, I know what it's like to feel completely closed off. I know what it's like to have a womb that has so many layers that I have no idea what's underneath. I know what it's like to have a heart that is so hardened. I know what it's like to have a body that freezes when someone comes near me. I know what it's like when my husband's trying to have a conversation with me and my mind has flowing off to Mexico because I'm just completely absent, you know. Um, to feel uh, not only love for myself but from others was painful. And so, bro, I was listening to your um, recent podcast and you're talking about yoga. Yoga was my way in um, from, I guess, like information, um, a way to connect to your body and to your breath. So I was like, what the fuck is yoga? What is this shit? And I'd just given birth to my, which number kid? My third son and uh, had postnatal depression. I was just cracked in the head and I went to go get some counseling. There was this old lady and she was like, sit down, dear, lay down. And I had my son with me and she, she didn't even, she just pressed play on a like cassette tape. And there was a meditation that had played. And it was the first time in years that I'd actually felt safe enough to close my eyes and rest. And so I guess experiencing rest was the door into what is meditation. What is this thing to actually completely relax myself and not feel like something bad is going to happen? Um yeah, and then, bro, I went down the, I'm going to be a yoga teacher and did like four weeks in Bali. <laughs> Don't judge me. But I taught at Illuminate Yoga. Um, and that's how I met you, Danica. Yes. With your green hair, with your yeah. green dye all over your beautiful mat. I was like, this bitch <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> I like her. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, our weird souls just found each other and were like glooped together. We were like, As yeah, they do. This feels but like But I think you would both know once you uh, scratch the door or you open the door, to one thing and you just kind of go for a walk it then opens to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing and so I think yoga led me to prenatal yoga that led me to doula work which led me to understanding how important it is to uh, connect with your body when you're birthing your babies um, and then it was after birthing my third son that I found this thing called embodiment, a.k.a. just be in your body, bro. You know, it's mm. not that fucking wild and fantastic. <laughs> just be present with the body. Mm. Um, but it was through sensual movement and I found when I was doing yoga, so you know how you do like the cat-cow position? Um, it was like, and place your hands underneath your wrists and your knees. Like it was so rigid but beautiful. I was that bitch in the back that was like semi-moaning and just <laughs> doing her own thing. And I was like, this Fully. is not for me, but I understand. You know, yeah. I understand. And so I think that's what it sparked is you can move with your breath um, and your body also has its own intelligence if you allow it to move. And I think that's the, the key word is allow. Like, are you willing to allow yourself to see yourself, to witness yourself, to feel yourself move in ways that don't look cute sometimes you know it's not all like hands on your titties rubbing your nipples and like 
moving your hips in circles. That shit's hard. Don't get me wrong. And that's, you know, a daily practice. Um, but sometimes it can look like, I don't know, a lion's being <laughs> eaten and it's like <laughs> It's yeah, sometimes it's like beating on your chest and making weird sounds. Like yeah. it's because you got to get past that mental, like, oh, what do I look like right now? And it's like, how does this fucking feel? What mm. is my body calling for? Let me jump in for a second. I got an interesting hey, thought Jess. about what you're talking you're about. You're not allowed here today. <laughs> Sorry. I've just taken the shackles off my wrists and I've just hijacked <laughs> the mic for just a moment. There's this dude I used to follow on YouTube named Ryan Cropper, and he said something interesting about frequency and like what you said just now sometimes you have to move in a way that that is sensual and then what danica said sometimes you have to just bang on your chest and make weird noises and this dude ryan cropper opened me up to this really interesting exercise where he says you start at your lowest note that you can make and then you climb your way up to your highest note and then what this does is 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 you'll find the little places where your voice like squeaks and then when it squeaks uh those are the frequencies that you'll naturally that, that are that are blocked that you can you can use those frequencies to open yourself also and so like you'll the, find the sounds that you're not accessing yes normally. exactly so you'll find that when you start banging your chest and moving and making weird noises your body will naturally go to that to that sort of uh on the it'll, it'll take the, the the it'll unlock the padlock to those little weird places mm-hmm. i know not a great analogy no, but, but it's you like get that's the probably idea. the sound that's coming out without having to go through the full spectrum of sound it's like as you're moving your body in that way that's calling for if these mm. sounds come out of the mouth that's probably the frequency being unlocked mm. yeah yes maybe i don't know it's 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 pretty much like that yeah. um Ness, were you always someone who was connected to embodiment or did that start from yoga and then move to embodiment or was embodiment like uh, like something you found recently, yeah. Mm. Um, the first thing that came to mind, the image is like cultural, you know, like being uh, Maori is so normal for us to stand up in front of your family and just start performing, as in being in your body and you're singing songs and um, we do something, well, not I do it, but karanga, so it's like a specific calling um, that the elders will make or not actually elders. Nah, fuck, don't listen to that. But it's karanga, so it's a, a particular calling. Um, haka, um, so it's a sound, you know, we access. So I feel like that's embodiment too, is with it's been a part of my life to access these particular sounds, not in a way to gain anything, but it's um, it's an understanding that like spirit or modi, your life force is moving through you and it's just something that needs to be shared. So from that aspect, I think uh, embodiment has kind of been a normal part of life. Movements, I don't know. I just, I love to move, bro. Like it's, you know, you just, you just move. I don't know if it's like a brown people thing. I don't know if it's a South Auckland thing because when I mean, you put your music on in the car, your head's bopping. I don't know if it's <laughs> a cultural thing. Um but I, I think accessing the more central parts of myself has probably been the most uncomfortable. And actually slowing movement down really slowly and tenderly. And I find, like we were talking about before, like the silence and the whisper, I feel I can hear my body speak louder the slower that I move, like the subtleties in the body. Um, the more I slow down, I can feel like little... Uh, you can't really see, but um, like my left foot will do like a little, like a little twitch, and I wouldn't have been able to um, connect to that if I was just constantly in this like fast movement. 
And so I find that's what I'm building a relationship with is, for example, like if I'm in front of people speaking, I can now feel my foot go boop. Whereas before that would just be my foot doing a thing. Whereas now I'm like, oh, cool. That's I understand what the foot thing means. I understand what the left shoulder thing means. I understand um, the pang that I get underneath my right rib. Um, yeah, I may not be making sense, but that's the best way I can sort of explain it as like slowing movement down. It's uncomfortable. I, I think the world, uh, from observation and experience, is this fear and slowing down, you know, because we want to meet these deadlines and like we're gonna die soon and like we need to get out there and. But either way, we're all gonna fucking die, so you might as well just like slow down. <laughs> yeah, just Boy. slow the fuck down. But I've been thinking a lot about this concept of nothing to do with female male, but like feminine energy as being the allowing, like so much allowing things to come through, allowing things to come through the self and also allowing space for the divine masculine in the world. And then bringing it back to yoga, like what you said, I think so many of our movement traditions have been molded and delivered by masculine energies because those were predominantly the ones in positions of mentorship or power or the guru status or whatever they're mostly men over the course of a lifetime and so even our yoga practice is so beautifully structured and packaged and stuff like that but it's like that's not actually the yoga it's like you take the foundations of this cat cow or this warrior flow and it's like when you slow it down and when you listen to the way your body wants to move through it which again the listening comes when you slow then it naturally starts to become more sensual so then you're the weirdo at the back of the room not trying to look like a I don't know, exotic dancer, but you're actually just listening. And Jesse and I did a practice yesterday and I said to him, like, this is my yoga where it was just so slow and, and really challenging, but also quite like sensual, right? Jesse, in a way, yeah, where it was just yeah. like, feel your way through this, follow the breath, allow it to lead. And, I would um, argue that when you slow it down, it turns from physical yoga into energetic yoga. Yeah. And that's what Qigong and Tai Chi and stuff is. It's super slow. It's based on that real slow movement. Yes. So you have us moving. Danica had me moving away. That was very uncomfortable. And yeah. But it's not, it's definitely <laughs> not like the masculine way, but I think it's, and again, not a male or female thing. I never tapped into that kind of movement for a very long time, but then this is also, been been an adjunct to accessing my own like sensuality embodiment practice and moving differently and bringing dance and more hips and more sway and more undulation that's my mm. current word Undulate. undulation into the mix terrible <laughs> 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 word um there was something else i was going to say but then i forgot it well simon borg olivia moves very slowly when he when he practices almost exhaustingly slowly but you can see what he's doing is highly difficult you can see for him it's super energetic it's yeah. not difficult for him though that's of the course thing. yeah like, it's effortless it's effortless but it looks it looks like if i had to try do that i would find it difficult but he's you know? listening yeah he's, yeah it's that it's self-mastery for sure um oh that's what i was gonna say so i really admire Ness, um the journey that you've been through with your sexual trauma and and bringing it into your like bringing it into the forefront of your mind in order to be healed, not to fixate, not to, you know, just, just to go through the motions, go through the processes of like, okay, this is where I'm at with it. This is what it's bringing up for me now. And then doing the work to alchemize it into many, many different things in many aspects of yourself, but in particular, the mana wahine cards, because um, you gifted me those cards and 
using those cards really shows me that I don't have to have gone through anyone else's experience to to have my own level of dissociation, to have my own level of like living from the mind. And again, like it's the world, it's the society that we live in. It's the predominance of masculine energy um, and, and the lack of, lack of me coming back into my feminine energy, coming back into my embodiment. And so like just the simple cues of like, again, taking the deep breath, slowing down, relaxing your forehead, putting your hands on your body, looking in the mirror. Um, yeah. Like your work is, is such a gift. And, and I really admire the way that you, you, you integrate your life experiences so that anybody can benefit from your story. It's not niche, you know, like you, you, I guess are niche, but your work and your message and your story is like, is like widely accessible. So I think it's really fucking cool. Thanks bro. I appreciate you. Okay. I got another question for you. In what ways, this is one from Jesse. In what ways do you inspire to elevate the collective consciousness? In what ways do you aspire to inspire? Be myself. I think that's all I can really do. (laughs) It sounds so simple, but being myself also means um, sitting in the discomfort of seeing, being seen. Um, Being myself means honoring my energy and what I'm available for. Um, Being myself is prioritizing what's important to me in like seasons of my life. And sometimes that's my family. Sometimes that's holding circles and space for other people. Sometimes that's creating... um, you know, creations like the cards. I don't feel like I have this like, and I'm going to change the world by building an empire. Like it's not my jam. It, it's it's for some people, but it's not my jam. But I've, I'm finding if I just be myself, <laughs> it somehow helps. And I think, it, you know, like Danica, for us to talk about our friendship, both of you and I are really like we have podcast voice memos. It, it's pretty, um, yeah. Our voice memos go for like ten minutes, six minutes. Yeah, sometimes it's like two hour, like two hours of content in there. But I find by you and I, by having a honest exchange of what it's like to be a human in this time, that adds to creating. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, a shift. Yeah, I, th- I find it really hard to like even think that we'll, and we're creating change, but we are. Maybe that's my own, um, my own fear in saying that, that I'm like creating change. Ooh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> I have some work to do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think of it this way. Every time you create, you change. You change oh, yeah. yourself, you change the world because there's something new in it. So it's totally okay to say that you create change. But I, I feel like it just comes through ordinary interactions. You know, like don't be an asshole to the lady that's like serving your coffee. Like, you know, if your kid's fallen down and they're having a bad day, bro, just put your phone to the side and like have a conversation with them if your husband's having a hard time with his mental health and you've missed out on like time with your girlfriend be okay with that and like soften to yeah present him like what is so I think it it just I used to have really big fucking visions bro like straight up I still do I have yeah I have like beautiful big ideas but um, I kind of lost myself because I actually forgot that I have children and I have a beautiful husband um and like they need my time and they need my presence as well so 
Yeah, I'm just finding like joy in the most simplest fucking things. Like, bro, I had a mean chat to the birds today. Then I was like, yes, I see you. I acknowledge you. You're fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's mad. Bringing the, bringing the magic into the quote unquote mundane so that everything is just magic. Yeah. So you don't have to wait for that big thing to come into your life. So that like, yeah, just, just the regular things are all part of, part of mm-hmm. the magic juice that flows through your life. Um, this was a question that I had as well for you, um, which leads on perfectly again, but coming from like a place of Jesse and I not having any babies in our life, um, how do you, ma- and, and a lot of big dreams, like how do you, how do you manage the big dreams versus having a partner and a cat and three beautiful, energetic individual boys? Mm. Um, yeah. Like how do you manage dreaming big, having your family, where does what slot into what? Is it all part of the same thing? Mm. Um, yeah. I'm a pretty selfish person. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing shit for myself. I love allowing my imagination to go wild. I love dreaming big. Um, and I don't feel like my kids stop that. The moment that I allow myself to, not allow myself, but the moment I catch like bitterness where I'm like, only I didn't have kids because then I would be here, 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 here. That's when I can sit with that. I'm like, but really, Vanessa, really, because this is all you really know and this is where you are today. So where where are you trying to get to? Um, I think I've learned and still learning to manage um, work. as So for like a typical day today, like I'm a stay-at-home mom. I did two hours of work this morning. So I wake up, do meditation, jump into my body for a little bit. Um, hang out with my four-year-old. To be honest, I shoved him in front of, if you don't know Blippi, he's an asshole, but he's consuming all small children's minds all over the world, but he's great and it works. Like a YouTuber or something? (laughs) He just sings like songs and shit like that. (laughs) Um, And then just did two hours of work, you know, back and forth with the printers and just like random stuff like that. And then in the afternoon, like I'm hanging out at the park with my son, my kids get home. I love the idea that my boys come home and I can feed them because I'm like a feeder. I don't know if that's a weird thing, but I love feeding. I love feeding people. Um, yeah. So as a mom, like that's something that I prioritize. <laughs> it's like feeding my kids, and then my husband comes home, um, and then we hang out. Kids go to bed, and then usually nighttime is where I allow the deeper ritual. So, for example, if I'm, like, working on money stuff, and I'm, I'm talking, like, from the mind, I will block out, like, a good hour. I think I've trained my kids really early because I am selfish with my time that bedtime is this time and I don't give a fuck because I like what I do for myself. And I hope that they get to honour that for themselves too. Um, and especially even in a marriage, you know, like, we don't have to be up each other's assholes all the time. Um, we do our own thing, you know, we do our own thing. We do not separate, but Gerhard does his own thing. I do my own thing and then we come back together and then we hang out. Um, but it's not every day is the same, you know, not every day is the same. But I think what I've learned is to tap into that feeling or the sensation in my body of bitterness and that then gives me a clue into where I need to pull away or where I need to give more um, or even just checking in with my mind, like where stories are running. So, yeah. Can I ask you about the bitterness, actually? Because that's one that I often experience as well. It's just resentment towards myself or random 
situations or even even scenarios I'll, com I'll make up completely in my head. Um, when you say work on the bitterness, what's your method and how does that sort of come out? Feel it. It's so gross. It is so fucking gross to feel bitter. Um, but I think it's asking myself like a series of questions again. So rather than... Um, you know, I could have been traveling in New Zealand by now and like the cards would have gone further. Um, why is my son sick today? He's taken like seven days off. Poor kid, he's only four and here I am fucking attacking him with my mind. Now, <laughs> 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 oh, wow, it is what it is, son. Um, it's sitting with it and asking myself, where have I given myself like too much of? As in, if I'd only just committed to what I was available for, but then I've gone ahead and said yes to something else. And then I've had to like give, I don't know, the left pocket of energy that I had left to that thing. Now I have nothing available for my son. Um, or now I don't have anything available for my husband or myself. So I find it's when I give too much of myself or I override like the energy that I actually have. That's when I become bitter. For me. For me. Nice. Well said. Thank you. Yeah, it's mad. Like bringing it back to the self. It's like that with any negative emotion, right? Like I was listening to a Joe Dispenza thing recently and just a reminder that we can create these emotional states within ourselves or we ultimately create emotional states within ourselves. Yeah. And, and people don't really like to hear that because it's like, no, when I go through this, I feel happy when I go through like this. When I go through this, I feel sad. And it's like, yeah, but you are the, doing the feeling. Mm -hmm. So you can... Yeah, reprogram and bring it back to the choices that we make or the way that we can perceive our existence that can change the narrative and mm. change the situation. Just yeah, one, it's, oh, keep going. Yeah, no, go, 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 go. Oh, just one more thing on the bitterness. I find sometimes um, I don't feel seen or heard. I'm like, I want someone just to fucking see me. I want someone to hear what I have to say. And like, why is nobody listening? Why is no one reaching out? Why, why, why? Um, and then it comes back to, well, how can because you can't force people, you can't force, I could, I could, I could um, really put myself out there just to be seen, or I could, again, boring, sit with myself, and how can I see myself, how can I hear myself, how can I just tell myself, like, bro, like, I am enough, I am enough, you know, it's okay, your time will come, bitch, your time will come where someone will walk past and be like, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, yes, the validation yes, I've been seeking the whole it. time. See me. <laughs> <laughs> Where does your business come from? Does it come from a similar place? Very much a similar place. Uh, when I do things for other people and not myself, because essentially I'm, I, I used to be extremely selfless and now I find I'm trying to balance it between selfish and selfless. I'm trying to find the middle, but some days I'm closer to one than the other. And so uh, my bitterness comes from when I don't give enough time to my musical progression in, in any way. When I'm not seeing strides of progress, uh, if I have a day off and I haven't uh, put six hours into my music, I genuinely hate myself. And I hate that I hate myself. And I always try and... I'll, I'll, if, if it's... Nine or nine or ten at night, and I'm getting ready for bed. Um, sometimes I'll be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it all now." That I'll stay up till four in the morning and just smash out six hours, or I'll get I'll get off the computer, I'll go to my room, and I'll just be like, I'll pull out my cards and my crystals, and I'll just sit there and receive messages and meditate and try and sit with it. And usually, usually I'll find if I'm feeling bitter, my hips are real tight. 
Um, my hip flexors are extremely hunched and I just need to open my body up and then and open my heart up and then I, I sort of start to see it dissipate. A cold shower helps sometimes, but really it comes from me not putting enough time into my craft. And so I, yeah, I, sometimes I'm... Sometimes I'll be, I'll be, sometimes I'll be extremely nice and sometimes I'll be a dick and usually I'll try to be somewhere in the middle. But, you know, like you said, every day is a different day and I find that, yeah, some days, uh, it's hard. It's hard to find that balance because I do care about myself. I do value my own time. I do value my own rituals and I do value my creations very much. So, yeah. Question, just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, something I resonate that you said was, um, like you can kind of beat yourself up for not putting into your craft. Do you feel like there's like an attachment to success as in if I don't put this amount in, I won't then be able to reach this feeling of success or feeling of being seen or? A hundred percent. The the attachment to success, I, I is it's kind of been a motivator for my whole life, but it's less about um, getting to a certain destination uh, nowadays and more about feeling like I succeeded in, in moving closer to being, you know, whatever my, uh, being in alignment with my goal, which is let, let's say, um, let's say I want to have an album out by the end of the year, which means I have to write X mm. amount of music a day. Let's just call it 30 seconds as a generic to put a number on it. Let's say I wrote 15 seconds that day. Um, the feeling of a, of success would come to me if I did 30 seconds, it would be like, Hey, congratulations like you, you you nailed your goal good job that's the feeling i'm chasing not like some glorified mtv pop star kind mm-hmm. of thing you know um but yeah it is it is there is very much that uh i, I don't know if i would use the word attachment though it's very possible that it's the right word i more see it as like i am always studying the greats and i'm always trying to figure out how to optimize and be better in whatever way possible um but it's not out of a need to be at this end destination. It's out of the need to, to sort of just do what I deeply feel is my mission here on earth. It's hard to, it's hard to put into words. Which is to what? Which is to create and share that creation with the world. Yeah, like share yourself, right? Like yeah, share but what I you don't create. Nec- I don't necessarily get um, fulfillment out of being seen. Mm. But, share, but you know sharing, I mean? to share yourself is to share your music. For yes, you, for yes, you. it is. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Maybe that's like maybe that's everyone's purpose, just to like like you said, like be completely authentic, be completely individual, and share yourself as you are. Do whatever work it takes to get to know yourself, and then whatever work you do is just sharing mm. who you really are. And like for me, that's like 10, 12 different things, and for you, it's like one thing. <laughs> it's always just been one thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thanks. Does that answer your question or does it raise any more questions or? No, it's just curious. I find um, like I just, I resonate and I understand what you're saying. Um, And it's just really cool knowing Danica and like the way that you work, bro, and your mind and your words and your heart and your body. Bro, who the fuck are you two? Like (laughs) (laughs) you're so opposite, you know, and it's really beautiful to see something. um, You two just co-create. And it was funny, I was writing a, a post haven't posted it, but I think it was just for my own self around like relationships. And I think we spoke about this before. There's like myself, there's Gerhard, and then there's like the third thing that is in between us, the relationship. And I think that's what I'm speaking to um, is just watching you both like co-create and you may not be able to see it because you're both in it. 
Um, but for someone like myself, who's a friend of your guys, I, I, I feel what you guys are creating, whether it has words, whether it has meaning, whether, it, you know, it's just, um, yeah, you guys are creating beautiful energy together, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for seeing it. I'm honestly so inspired by the way Jesse creates because he is so completely devoted to the creative path. Mm. And I've been ducking and weaving and dodging and tuck and rolling and backflipping away from it for so long. And I'm finally like seeing it, like meeting it head on. And I'm like, oh, like this is actually what I want. I actually do want to create and co-create. And now I'm seeing where like little things that I used to nitpick at like conditional love, I'll be radically honest, like things that I used to be conditionally loving about, things I used to nitpick about the way Jesse's doing his stuff and the way I'm doing myself and like whatever, you know, just stupid shit I used to fixate on. I'm just like, okay, first of all, this is all a reflection of myself and my internal resistance. And second of all, like when I am actually completely devoted to and committed to my creative, like my creative path and purpose, I start to understand like where you're at and what I've been missing. And then like this greatest synergy comes into our relationship where you might not feel, but I feel it on my end where suddenly things just like settle and soften and open up or it's like, cool. Like I'm actually do me without like, there was this like attachment, right? I'm just like attached. Like I'm being a little bit, I'm probably not expressing it, but like within myself, I'm feeling a little bit more needy and I'm feeling a little bit more clingy and like leaning on you. But it's actually like, I'm just missing like, me being on my path and now that I'm like sinking onto my path I can feel the third thing ness like mm-hmm. the 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 thing that relation the relationship is co- always co-creating and that thing's getting like healthier and and more cohesive and and like the magnetic fields going bigger and you're just there chipping away at your music endlessly so I can I, I respect your confused look and I love you for it you're just like <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on then nothing's changed and I'm like dude everything's changed <laughs> everything <laughs> but it's just like within me and myself and like honoring that as part of my partnership I also have like as being part of my partnership means again committing to me like fully fully and not relying on you to give me anything that I need. Anyway, tangent. Love it. But co-creation is the ultimate. And yeah, like when you're in partnership, any kind of relationship, you're always co-creating. There's always a third. I think there's always a third thing. Always a third thing. Sometimes you're like, fuck the third thing. I don't want the third thing. (laughs) And then you're trying to run from you like, but I love the third thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think the third thing is just the dance, right? It's, it's, It's the fucking dance when your energies are like, they're either like awkwardly dancing or they're like flowing with one another the energies are like interweaving and yeah i I guess jesse and i do that well because we've got we come at things from completely different places but we kind of fill each other's holes really really well (laughs) (laughs) when do you fill my holes i pick your nose and stick my fingers in your belly button all the time (laughs) yeah you have an obsession with your holes yeah filling your holes I'm always trying to serve. What can I say? You can see who the man is. I'm a woman of serving. Woman (laughs) Woman of service. Um, (laughs) I was going to bring it back to the topic and say that with you, there's this tendency to come at things purely mind oriented. Look at us making it about ourselves. Like, hey, hey, Vanessa, come onto the podcast, sit here and fucking talk about ourselves. But I was going to say as well, with me, it's the heart. With you, it's the mind. And I can see with Ness, it's been both. Look at her strategy, right? She asks herself a series of questions. She was had a hard. Jesse's heart. like watch and learn. Watch and Danica. learn. Okay, watch, watch and learn. <laughs> so that tattoo, you need it. You've literally Jesse has literally been. He we devised a strategy where he's like, you need to be asking yourself questions. I literally told her this. This is so so such an important thing. I'm so glad uh, 
ness you you do that and it works for you you know because it doesn't work for everyone it's emotional intelligence because it's the mind interfacing with the heart Mm. like what do what do i want what do you want what do you feel that's the goal really is to have a great synergy between the two and i can see like just i'm sitting here quiet in the first half because i'm i'm absorbing ness i can i can sort of feel and see like the whole trajectory and it's so bloody beautiful how Mm. you can start out with you know such a harsh upbringing i wouldn't say harsh but you know you went through some stuff right mm-hmm. and then it closes your heart and then it closes your womb and then you you have it you have this you know as everyone does and as all, all in a child do they want to be seen so we, we we find a way to put ourselves out there which is you know again one of the biggest hurdles to get over as a human so i i absolutely love that but then what i noticed ultimately was um the what but until you found yoga, well, before you found yoga, you were doing the, the cultural stuff, but, but until you found yoga and sensual embodiment, you were fairly mind-oriented and then you started to move into more heart-based stuff. It's just my um, interpretation of what you're saying. And I think that that's 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 actually how... It's 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 a generic blueprint for how most people would 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 evolve today. Is that start in the mind because you go to school and they give you mathematics and it's all boring shit, and you have to do it, but it's all for your mind. But there's no there's no there's no homework for your heart. You don't get heart homework. Uh, you get mind homework and more mind homework, and then and then you come you come home, and it's time for your heart. And I can see Vanessa's this beautiful, playful, childlike energy, and she's worked through the lessons of the mind and the lessons of the heart. Then she pulls the mind in as a faithful servant when she needs it by mm-hmm. asking questions. Then she pulls the heart in as a sort of a sacred gift when it comes to interfaces with the sacred gift that the heart is when it comes to embodiment and feeling the body and energetic movement where she said she would feel her left foot sort of bop up and then the right rib or whatever it is, but it doesn't really matter what it is, but it's something. And, uh, and also it's a great synergy mind for like it's infinite curiosity as well. Yeah. Which is another beautiful tool that the mind holds. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way to be, but I'm seeing a balanced human here and I'm just observing it. Thank you. Thank you for being you. (laughs) Fuck, oh, she could, we should do this every week and you just keep, yeah, sending just me keep, all the love. Just keep praising <laughs> We could do a weekly praise of Vanessa. Can, we, can you send us a statue? <laughs> um, I think one thing I wanted to add around curiosity is I think because I didn't have a good relationship with my mind, like I was an asshole to myself. Um, the way that I would speak to myself, the way that I would view the world um everyone was out to get me um i was a piece of shit i'll never blah 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 blah. all the stories that we have um the moment that i understood and that came from just joe dispenza bro um i read his book before i took some acid you know as you do but good timing um (laughs) (laughs) and i was like holy shit you really can change your mind and it was that so i was always curious about how deep or how dark I could go, because I feel like I've always been a pretty, like, dark person. Um, I can go deep, as in, I don't know, I just feel deep, I love deep, Um, I think deep, but my mind was sort of directed in a, how deep can you go in you're a piece of shit? 
how deep <laughs> can you go, <laughs> you know, in wanting to like hurt your lover, how deep can you go? And then I was like, if I use this for good, I wonder what will happen. So rather than like, I need to change myself, like nothing's going to change. It was the energy that I held in the questions that I was asking myself. So I think we can be curious with like, um, bro, you know, it was like when I was going to stop smoking, bro, this is Danica, bro, I love you, but you're going to fucking die if you don't, <laughs> if you don't stop smoking. <laughs> and you're a fucking awesome human and I want you to live for at least as long as I'm going to live. So please stop smoking. Oh, I was like, you're a Aww. good friend. You're a, honestly, like that's what a good friend says. Anyway, I didn't stop smoking, but um, about three months <laughs> later I did. But I found when I approached nice. it with the energy of, I wonder what will happen rather than you're going to die tomorrow. That's, that's it. it. I found uh, I was safer in my body and it just, I was a bit more open, you know, I'd rather sit at a table than someone's like, Hey, how's your day going? Than someone who's like, how's your day? You know, it's like the energy or like that we hold behind the questions that we ask ourselves. So Mm. yeah, just wanted to add that. No, that's mad. I, I feel like I'm, I'm at this place of really like really getting, um, just honing it in with with like my life path in particular where it's like I did this degree for so long and I wanted to move into the sciences but again this is a path that's fueling the mind and I also very much resonate with what you said about the mind which which just charges ahead with like yeah like the blah 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 and you're a piece of shit and you need to do better because you're not doing better because you can always do better and da 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 and it's like so on and on and on and 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 like I'm seeing how like it's it's actually dangerous for me to continue on a path that does not bring me home to my heart, that does not bring me back to my body and which which predominantly draws me into the mind and and draws me into a place of like stress and pressure. And it's like I am in a beautiful position in my life where I can choose more ease in order to just like, you know, we've got enough mind in the world. We've got enough mind. Like, can I actually just like even lose some intelligence, please? Like I'm in this place where I'm like, I don't even want to learn new things. I've done enough learning, like just like switch it off just for a little bit, not switch it off, but like actually just drop the energy further down in the body. So yeah, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep doing that. Cause it feels like the way capital mm-hmm. T capital W, at least for me right now, mm-hmm. I think that, that yeah, I need more of that. And mind-based beings in particular need a whole lot more of that. It's just balance. Like what Ness said before, um, the word I used to describe what Ness said uh, is emotional charge. How much do you, how do you ask something without an emotional charge? Mm. You know, like yesterday I was a piece of shit and I had to find a way to make sure that I was kind to myself in, at the same time because I didn't, I didn't create enough or as much as I wanted to. But, you know, one month ago, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to do that or maybe the day before that. So that, that's huge, man. That's a real big thing. That emotional charge, it, it, it's taking the energy of it and making it way less severe and jarring. And uh, when it is severe and jarring, it's like taking a knife to a, a recently healed wound. Mm. And then uh, if you can just bring that shit into like a, turn, turn the knife into like a beautiful ointment. And rub it on you, on your scars so gently. And the, and the so next gently. time you're telling me to do something that I didn't do, you can you can just be really nice about it instead of being like, Jesse, why the fuck haven't you done the goddamn thing yet? I hear you, boo, I hear you. Yeah, be nice to me. I it's the whole you. point of this podcast. That <laughs> was the whole cunt. episode. Yes, it's a famous Gandhi quote. Don't be a cunt. 
You know, everyone knows that one. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, did you have any more questions? Uh, I've got a couple more questions. Are you good? Yeah, beautiful. Would you like a sip of water or a cookie or um, a, a beer? A beer? Before we go on. Did you say a beer? I'm pretending that I've got like a whole like spread for you. Oh, like have, yeah. Have like, a, like a cheese We can just send voice memos and... for like the next two hours about how we felt about it. and. <laughs> <laughs> We probably will. Let's I be know. realistic. That's exactly how it's going to go down. Um, so just because um, I'm, you know, I've never really interviewed anyone before. And it's like one of those things that like I interview myself in the shower all the time and it just goes really, really great. Yeah, it's true. But um, I knew I'd run out of material and, you know, I'm not a pro. So I turned to a pro. Well, we did. Jesse and I do. Mostly Jesse did. We turned to a pro to get some um, some more material. So a couple questions from um, Tim Ferriss. Oh, I love book. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is yes. the master. So yeah. we're like, let's just get some questions from him. So we're actually asking valuable shit. Um, the first question is, well, I'm going to ask this one first. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? It all exists within me. So fucking simple. <laughs> uh, but to embody that, it all exists within me. As in there's nothing more than I need in this moment to create whatever it is I need. Um, there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing more than I need than like what exists within me, including the anger, including the frustration, including the resistance, including the love, the fear, all of it. Um, yeah, that was about a year ago. Yeah, that dropped in. <laughs> Champion. I like that one. I like that one. I tend to look for things on the outside to fix what's on the inside. So I love that quote a lot. You sound normal then, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Relatively, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's subjective. <laughs> normal is subjective. Very yeah, subjective. yeah, it might be normal. Who I knows? also find that like things like that, like that reflection process of like you act like what I've been pondering a lot of and like bringing this especially into my movement practice is really trying to embody everything is actually okay in this moment like everything can be okay in this moment even if it's a challenging moment there is a way to experience this moment where it is the best possible feeling right yeah. so then when I'm working out instead of like scrunching up my face or holding my breath I'm just like trying to trying to embody a posture of this is easy this feels good and then bringing that into my life and I think that in the past when I self-reflected on the process of like breathing more deeply, regulating my nervous system, being more heart-based, blah, 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 blah. I just thought that I would reach a point where it becomes second nature and maybe I still will. But at least for me right now, it is in every moment, like just a constant keep reminding yourself, keep reminding yourself like this moment has everything for you. Like you can choose in this moment to feel better. And it's like always keep coming back to that reminder, having that moment within every moment of reflection, which is like, there is a choice here. There is a choice here. There is space here. And so that's a, that's at least how it is for me. Like keep coming back to that conscious thought process and choice. Um, and then hopefully it just becomes second nature. Maybe never, but I think the choices may be more powerful. Mm-hmm. Got anything else to ask or say? Let's ask Tim Ferriss. I was going to skip that question, but you can ask it. I want to ask it. Okay, go. Because I think Vanessa is someone who's particular with her energy, clearly. I so, said to you, I think Vanessa will like so this question. <laughs> I, I think your first instinct was right, Vanessa. I'm going to ask you this question. What have you gotten better at saying no to? 
Sex. Ooh. Elaborate. So I would always give myself, even when my body was saying no, because I just told myself I've healed all my sexual trauma. That's the only reason why my body's saying no. So I'm just going to spiritually bypass my way through this and tell myself this feels good, this feels amazing. I'm just going to keep opening and opening. Um, and it wasn't to please anyone else. You know, it wasn't like an expectation that um, like, bro, me and Gia talk about this on the podcast. If anyone's like, why are you talking about you? Yeah, bro, we're like pretty open about this stuff, but it was um just being able to honor my body like bitch I'm tired <laughs> I'm overtouched today and what I mean by that is like you know when I was breastfeeding my kids like you got a kid sucking on your tit and then you finally had time to yourself and then your partner comes home your husband comes home and then just puts his hands on you bro get the fuck off my body mm. <laughs> but it is not personal to that person it's just I actually want to feel what it is to be in my own energy for the evening. <laughs> um, and by sex, I mean, uh, yeah, allowing like someone to penetrate you. But I've learned over time that the boundary needs to sit in a place of like understanding and compassion and love. That when I say no means no, but it's also being able to like express from my heart rather than out of frustration. Like, no, like communicate and not, uh, and what I mean by communicate, not expand on the story, but communicate where is that no coming from? Um, and I'm just unavailable this evening. <laughs> and it's, um, it's given me more space to feel Full stop. It's just giving me more space to feel because I'm not constantly having to give myself. Um, yeah, I didn't know I was going to go there, but fuck there, yeah. Yeah, mad answer. Mm. Um, I think communication is so fucking key as well because there's like we 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 are always in relation with everything around us, right? Inanimate objects or people, other people, ourselves. We are in a relationship to everything around us. And the way that we associate with those that we are in communion with is via communication. Mm -hmm. And so that is so important. Like the way that we first and foremost communicate with the self and then the way that we articulate that to others, ensuring that the intention is pure and so it lands. And mm -hmm. so for you to say no from a place of pure intention, it's important that in a partnership that that is received well, because especially around sex, there's just so many fucking narratives that instantly get piled on instantly. Mm -hmm. It's like, boom, textbook, which one of these things is going on? My trigger is going to say it's all of them. So um, that also reminds me that you mentioned to me recently that you and Gerhard were working on verbal communication just in general, like the way that you speak. What is your journey with that and how's it going? Bro, we're pretty like cunty to each other, the way that we communicate, but we love it, bro. Like it works for us, you know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we're pretty um, we're pretty rough around the edges when we talk. But what we have found, um, I was sharing this with someone last night, is we've learned to say, this is something, uh, are you available tonight? Let's say seven o'clock because I want to talk about something. And we both come to the table and we both regulate ourselves. <laughs> we both take care of ourselves before we sit at the table 
um, if we're going to, if we know that we're going to move through an uncomfortable conversation or there may be some fear or um, resistance around speaking to it and we bring something to the table, either food or tea. So something that we can share because bro, we're friends. We're friends at the end of the day. Yeah, we're parents. Yeah, we're co-creating. But bro, we're two humans just trying to figure this shit out and have a fucking good time, you know? And so we've just learned that as long as respect for each other as um as human beings is at the core of it, which you could also call love, um, that I find that's where we've learned to communicate more openly, vulnerably. But also hear each other, hey, because I'm, yeah, I was, I was a pretty, he holds heaps of resent and he talks about this shit and we laugh about it. He's like a real like resentful, resentful person. And I just want to like cut your fucking throat. Like I, as you're speaking and you're sharing about your feelings in my head, I'm like, bro, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and your feet. Like this is, these are the thoughts. And so when those thoughts are running, obviously my body is being held in a certain way. Obviously I'm like armored in a particular way. So yeah, we've just learned to take care of ourselves and not take shit so fucking personal because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're friends and we're both going to have to wake up the next day and do life again. So, but it's been a long journey, bro, like 15 years. Yeah. Um, and that's what I found embodiment has helped is it's helped me use my voice in a softer, <laughs> you know, it's like the energy in which I would speak and like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. And it's really uncomfortable for me to speak to this right now. And it might take me a while. Please be patient with me. I understand there may be some, uh, like that's how I speak now. Whereas before to just be like silence and poor dude, bro. He's like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to, I want to help you, but you're not speaking. And like, I'm feeling uncomfortable and I would be a person who would get in the car and like, because I'd want to run um, because I didn't know how to communicate. So I would be the driver who would go up the mountain for four hours, no communication. He's at home pacing. Is she going to leave me? Just the things that aren't spoken then creates so much fear it creates so much fear um so just learning to sit in the pocket bro sit in the pocket (laughs) and sit in the silence and sit in the discomfort um and just know we're friends we're friends bro that's mad that's mad um these conversations and that kind of like conflict resolution strategy this kind of work I think is just so overlooked in partnerships and there's so much fucking sleeping under the rug that goes on. And yeah, um, that, that's, that's a beautiful strategy. And mm. I mean, we have a similar one. We, we have a, we have a similar one. Share thankfully, away. Cause or yeah, you share. I'll jump into it. One time Danny and I were fighting, um, about something that was a little, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but it wasn't a big deal. It really wasn't a big deal to either of us, but we're just being a bit nitpicky and uh, we're standing up in my bedroom and talking about something. And I said, Danica, let's continue to talk about this. Would you mind if we got into the bed and just, you know, cuddled a little bit and continued to talk. And that's like, I very much resonate with being in that space where it's like, when I am in that place of like being in conflict, I want to fucking punch you in the goddamn <laughs> face. I'm like, don't fucking come to me right now. Do not touch me. Like my body just repels, like it pushes away. So her blood turns from, you know, 30 degrees to like lava hot in a matter of split seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, look, I want to continue to talk about this, but I want our actions 
to say that we love each other. And that's similar to you and Gerhard sort of preparing, but coming to the table with some tea or some food, like a nice like offering. offering yeah. That is a beautiful way of saying, hey, I love you and I care about you. And even though what we're about to go through is uncomfortable, I'm, I'm committed, I'm in it for the long haul and I love and respect you as a human. Yeah, it's that yeah. gesture of I still love and respect you. And like mm. Jesse's strategy is brilliant because if you're, if you're holding someone and you're having an argument, it's really hard to be fully embodied in that conflict when you're mm. still like holding hands or like holding each other. Well, I think what you can embody less of is the anger and it's hard to be you a cunt to someone. You can still space for the love, which yes. is important. It's hard to be as much of a cunt to someone if they're giving you a nice warm cuddle. And this is, <laughs> yeah and this is like that that was like a few years ago and i'd say that i'm like f- five years ago no four, I, four, oh, maybe. before i moved to boston yeah it was shit well the long distance didn't help with me getting getting through that but like i think that i'm i'm even still i think i'm doing a lot better now but i'm still even softening into that lesson where it's like when we argue like i still think i go from zero to a thousand but i come back down a lot quicker yeah. and i start like being more gentle with my voice and coming closer to you where forgiving I'm like, quicker forgiving, forgiving quicker because it is so yeah. important to hold that love and like yes you are my best fucking friend like and and yeah and also something i love about you and g is just like having that element of like being fucking cunts to each other and when you talk fun. to each other and having fun taking it's a piss so because me fun. and jesse is so much like that too like we always say from the outside if people saw <laughs> the way that we talk to each other people would be like oh y'all need therapy or i need to call the police like you're <laughs> not treating each other right this is a problem yeah you can't <laughs> use this language towards each other and like mm. yeah there are there are no the there are no boundaries no except- boundaries I mean, there are the obvious, there are the obvious boundaries, but like in communication, there yeah. are no boundaries. Yeah. We just say whatever we want. And again, we find it hilarious, but at the same time, <laughs> we find it hilarious. if anyone else listened, they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Instantly canceled. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it's just, it's, and I like your approach now. It's similar to ours. I think you guys are probably a little more ruthless, which I love, but I think also it's um, one of those things that just reminds you not to take shit too seriously. Mm. Because it's funny in the end, you know, you can make it, you can, you could say something in a cunty way that actually makes your partner crack up. And now you've diffused the whole conflict. Mm. We kind of push the like, was that too soon? Like that's, that's how far we go. Like if someone's like <laughs> fucked up and then you we joke do about the it, you're like, thing. too soon, too soon. Yeah. Literally like an <laughs> oh hour God. after a catastrophic argument and you just call oh some shit. That, yeah. It's just like, I love that shit where it's like, you're both fucking laughing, but you're like the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> asshole i love you yeah <laughs> have you guys ever done an episode where you're arguing bro so we've decided to record on on porn and 20 minutes into it we were at each other to the point where like we cannot put this podcast out we didn't record a podcast for like a few months because we had to like unpack some shit, wow. <laughs> shit. and we wow. listened back to him and we're like holy shit we really um we thought we we, do you know what? Our intention was like, fuck it, we're going to talk about porn because we're a couple and bro, we did not have the capacity or the language to even express what was going on. So we laugh about it all the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's sick. Okay. Well, if that, if that episode ever comes out, <laughs> I'd love to hear bro, how I think we deleted it. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Probably for the better. <laughs> I feel like Jesse and I is like still finding our groove and like really sharing different aspects of ourselves 
on this medium because I think we do like we we really don't have any boundaries especially in our communication with each other so then we're like how much should we filter ourselves for the world because if we come out right off the bat like no filters we're gonna get cancelled so we're just like bleeding it in like little bits at a time and uh some of my listeners are musicians and musicians uh, at least don't don't blanket term I mean could Okay, there have been many musicians who consider themselves social justice warriors. There are a lot of people who are like that these days, you know? Some musicians are not, some musicians are. Some I agree. humans yeah, are you not. You know what? I, sh- I shouldn't blanket term it. Yeah. I shouldn't have these expectations. Um, but I went to college with perhaps one of the most progressive schools. For a progressive school, there's pr- a lot of intolerance around communication. There's sort of words you can't say in America, can't. which is one of my favorite words. Jesse had this. Jesse yeah, had a whole thing too, bro. When I was visiting him in Boston, <laughs> he actually had a real crisis of the soul. I remember walking on the pavement on your street, like down towards the park, and he's having this crisis of soul. He's like, I feel like these people don't know who I really am because I am holding this word back, and they and and when it all like sometimes it slips out of my mouth, and then they all look at me, and I'm like. I just don't give a shit ever. So I'm like, why do you fucking care? Just be yourself. You're an Aussie, man. Like they need to take it or leave it. I I eventually like the people I would speak to and we'd become close with, I would explain that Aussies have a very different, very unique and peculiar sense of humor. And we definitely don't have words that are no-nos. Like if you're in a supermarket and you say the word cunt, you now have 30 people staring at you, (laughs) looking at you like you've just shat on the floor. (laughs) That is the face you get. That is the face. It's just, it's just like that. And I can't explain it any other way, especially in Boston, especially. So, uh, but even, even started wearing a diaper, <laughs> even in general, um, like even with the podcast stuff, like you see Jesse, I mean, cause I've spoken on camera way more than Jesse ever has. Like Jesse just exclusively makes guitar videos and that's about it. So even like starting off with the podcast, he had this real, like, putting on a fake smile even though nobody is watching like you know i'm like jesse like chill this is still a conversation between the two of us like you don't need to worry about anyone else being there so there's still this aspect for you that's like but what will people think mm. yeah it took it took at least 10 or i'd say eight or nine episodes by episode nine i felt real comfortable yeah but still yeah there's still there still is that i hear that yeah I hear that. it's, it's cool but again balance because i don't give a shit Mm. yeah and it sounds like Ness doesn't either which I love I do and I don't I do (laughs) and I don't I think I tell myself or I may say things that actually feel like I don't give a shit but I'm actually really deeply sensitive person (laughs) 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 I really am bro I really am um there's certain one thing I've learned is um I would actually overshare for the sake of being liked. Like if I just show everyone that I'm vulnerable, then everyone will be my friend. And, you know, when really there's actually beauty in holding part of yourself back and not giving all of yourself to the world. That's how I feel. And that's what feels better for me. But what I found is when Gerhard and I would record, I would say shit, you know, that we're done like in the bedroom and his eyes were like, <laughs> and so for me I'll be like but why aren't you being honest and he's like I am being honest the story is just not for this having to honor someone else's boundary fucking sucked because I was like let's talk about it it's so good yeah and so you had to, you had to respect you know I had to respect that which was really hard <laughs> really I have to respect you fuck bro <laughs> oh <laughs> that sucks man 
So sorry you had to respect your partner. I know. That's rough, man. But it's a, it's a weird medium to like be sharing your voice because it does. It just feels like we're in a room, like having a yes. conversation. And I think sometimes we can overthink it too that the whole world's listening, but maybe only two people have listened and they actually don't give a fuck anyway and they're kind of getting on with their life, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. more like it, eh? Yeah. It's more like that. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, I'm all out of questions for Ness, but if you have any more. Do you want to leave us with any w- words of wisdom? Closing thoughts. Bro, the world needs to nap more. Naps. Naps yeah. are life. <laughs> Siesta. Yeah. There's a reason they're called power naps. Yeah. Just lay down. Just fucking lie down. Sometimes I, I, I try to nap every single day. <clears throat> as in, I'll just lay down. Um, I'll just close my eyes for a bit. But yeah, we don't have to do like anything wild or crazy just to slow down. Just fucking lay down for five minutes. Close your eyes. Yeah, you might still be thinking about like how shit you are as a person, but at least you're laying down, you know? (laughs) (laughs) At least you're comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we hear enough of like, go, do more. Like, fuck, I'm all for it, bro. Like, I'm a, yeah, once I put my mind to something, I'll go flying. But, um, yeah, there's beauty and rest. Yeah, mad advice. I love that. Go I'm to take, sleep. I'm taking a nap, but Danica walks in. She's like, what the fuck are you doing wasting your life? Get the fuck up and do something. Danica, I'm listening to my body. And I and I literally <laughs> sleep like 12 hours a night. And Jesse sleeps like I'll four sleep, and a half. I'll sleep seven and take a nap. And then I'll wake up to Danny <laughs> screaming at my face. Fuck you sleep man. 12 hours, bro? Sometimes. Like the last two nights I've slept like 11 hours a night. And I recognize that that's like, quote unquote, again, not healthy. But I just feel like my body fucking needs it, man. I I was saying to Jesse yesterday, like it it makes me, it doesn't actually, no, I just fucking say it. Like I actually love sleep. I enjoy the process of sleeping. I always have. And to this day, I still do. I think my my dad's the same. He loves it. Mm. It's like a joy for him. 9.30 bedtime. All right. Good night, everyone. Leave me alone. On On the the dot. dot. (laughs) Yeah. Watch it. 9.27, 9.28, 9.29. Okay. Good night, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that. Yeah. Sleep's a good time. It's more like 10, 10 hours, right? Not 12 hours. Nah, 10, 10. Yeah. Even that is a lot. It's ridiculous. That's fucking yeah. huge, bro. Yeah. Vanessa, when was the last time you slept 10 hours? As a mother of three, I'm so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I still have a four-year-old who's in my bed, so, yeah. and he gets up a couple of times sometimes, and I don't know, you just deal with it. You don't know if, that's all I know, you know, so I don't really know anything else, so it just works. <laughs> Nice. You adapt. You adapt yeah. and make it work. You have to. I'm or sleeping now better. for all, like I'm making up for all the sleep that I won't have when I have my children later in life. So it'll just balance out. You know what I mean? That's I'm racking it up. Works. I'm racking it up. Yeah. That's what the, the modern science is saying to do about sleep and having kids. It says yeah. sleep when you're 20 so that when you're 30, you can have kids. Yeah. <laughs> is that, that's, that's, that's textbook 100%. science, right? Yeah. Love it. But I had a kid when I was like fucking 18 and so (laughs) I fucked that one up. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. When you're 50, you'll sleep a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you guys. I love you both. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you. We love you you so much. Go enjoy uh, hopefully a good long night of rest. Yeah, I hope so. Always. Thanks for joining us. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. And you are awesome. And for anyone listening, the Coco Talk podcast is where you can hear this beautiful human's voice all over it, co-hosting with her lovely partner. Yeah, feel free to plug yourself to our seven and a half followers. Yeah, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) 